Hello everyone, my name is Lauren. And I'm Cooper. And we're the Thrive Initiative. We host meaningful discussions with professionals in the fields of mental health and neuroscience. We hope to spark conversations surrounding mental health, provide teenagers with resources and self-care tools, and inspire a generation of mental health advocates. Welcome to our podcast. Just a quick reminder that the information included in this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for professional care. If you feel that you need more assistance or support, please check out thriveinitiative.org for resources and referrals. Stephanie Carson is a meditation and breathwork teacher, as well as a mom of three kids. She she believes that anyone can discover the best version of themselves through meditation and breathwork. Upon finding meditation and breathwork, she experienced immediate positive change that rippled through all aspects of her life. Stephanie is an instructor at Unplugged Meditation in Los Angeles, the first walk-in meditation studio in the world, as well as the founder of Soul Sanity, her meditation, breathwork, and intuitive healing practice. We're so excited to have her here with us today and honored to have her share her practice. Welcome to episode six. We're so excited to have you. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to talk with us. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Jumping right into things, um, our first question is, how did you discover meditation and how has it personally impacted you and your life? So I found meditation through a couple of different friends, actually, at the time. I had just had... I guess it was around the time I just had my third child, Adler, and I was needing to find some way to to find some calm. So I like to say I started as a crisis meditator, which is what um, some a lot of people do when you're feeling really stressed or you have a test coming up or you're having some anxiety or you can't sleep for days and days and you're like, I'll do anything to feel better. Those are crisis meditators. Um, And so that's how I started. And I started with just a simple practice. I actually, a lot of the days would do it in my car, in the carpool line, waiting to go pick up the kids. Um, And my practice just evolved from there. And I started to see such profound changes in my life and in my parenting that before I knew it, I had evolved my practice more deeply. I had expanded it to other types of meditation practices and things just sort of led me down this path. For our listeners, could you kind of walk through the different types of meditation and kind of the different forms meditation can take? Absolutely. So there's a tremendous number of different modalities for meditation, which is why people that come to me as clients and say, I can't meditate are some of my favorite clients, because I do believe everyone can learn to meditate. There's just misconceptions out there. So to answer your question, Cooper, there's um, regular meditation like Vipassana, which is where we focus on our breath. So when you just sort of, when somebody tells you to inhale and exhale or to count your breath, that's a Vipassana. There's mantra based where you're repeating a word over and over. It can be an English word. It can be a Sanskrit word. It can be a nonsensical word. I mean, it can be anything that just keeps your mind occupied. Um, there is meta meditation, which is loving kindness. There is breath work, which is a form of meditation that I teach primarily, which is um, 
an active meditation that helps to clear out stuck energy, stuck trauma, stuck emotions you might have stored in your bodies while simultaneously tapping you into your intuition and opening you up to discover new and amazing things that might be ready to come into your life. Um, yoga is technically a form of meditation. It's one of the branches of meditation. So there's a lot of different, oh, and then there's guided meditation, one of the most important ones, which is somebody, a teacher or somebody is giving you instruction on what to do. They're taking you on a journey. They're telling you a story. They're telling you what to envision or how to breathe or things like that. That's a guided meditation. Thank you for outlining kind of the basics for us. And I think this is something you touched on in your answer that I definitely want to explore more is how people often express that meditation is impossible for them or that they don't have the time in their days to make time for it or that they've tried it once or twice, but didn't find it effective. Um, Could you speak on these common remarks as well as share all that meditation and mindfulness can be used for? Absolutely. So as I mentioned, the people that say they can't meditate are some of my favorite clients, because there's a misconception out there that you need to sit in like the lotus position, you know, with your fingers touching and not move for 40 minutes a day. Um, That's not true. I sometimes start my clients with five minutes a day. So some days I don't have enough time for my longer practice, and I just do 10 minutes a day. It just depends on what is helpful for you. Also, a meditation practice should not be stressing you out. So it shouldn't be like worrying you or stressing you out to how long your meditation practice is. Um, It's really common. We have 60 to 80,000 thoughts a day on average. So the typical person isn't going to just sit down and be like, okay, brain shut off. Here we go. It's going to take time. So you know, there's stages to entering into the present moment. One of my teachers outlined them as settling in. So we first settle into our breath. We take a few minutes, we get comfortable, we notice and we bring ourselves into the present moment. And then we sort of witness where we're at. And then we might drift. So I call that or a lot of people call it the monkey mind, right? There are days in my own personal practice where I can't get that monkey mind to stop. I'm thinking about all the things I have to do with the kids or having to do with my clients or did I turn off the stuff? I mean, my mind. And so that's why it's called a meditation practice. We're practicing slowly and gently settling our mind. And sometimes we're able to for the entire practice. Sometimes it's like a dolphin dive where we're up at the top with like the monkey mind and then we slowly settle. And sometimes we're able to get settled for the entire time, but every day is different. Our energy is different, our mindset's different. Um, So that's why I always like to tell people, if you can't do it the first time you've sat down to meditate, you're not doing it wrong. It's just that day you're not in a place to settle. And so, or it might not be the right practice that you've tried. You might need to try a mantra or you might want to do breath work or something like that. Most people like you don't get on skis the first time and go down a black diamond. You're not going to sit down for the first time and for 40 minutes have your mind shut off. Most likely if you do amazing, like that's great, but don't get discouraged the first time. This question is kind of more specific towards teens. Um, and we talk a lot about self-compassion 
So I'm wondering how can teens get rid of their judgments of themselves while they're meditating um, and kind of stick with meditation and mindfulness, even if, if they think they're not good at it or if it seems if they don't think it's working for them. This is a great question. And I'm going to expand it a little bit and just let you know, this is not just teen that suffer from this. I have a lot of clients who are definitely not teens who are having this same situation. And I think, you know, what I try and do a lot with my clients and in my classes is help people approach themselves and their life with compassion and um, a little bit of softness to what they're experiencing. And that's really important to just sort of meet yourself on the days when you're not your 100% best or when you're not having a great practice or those days where, you know, maybe you got a math test or some type of test back and, you know, or had a bad practice or a friend did something, you know, to meet yourself with with compassion and understanding and talk to yourself the way you would talk to a friend. We are so judgmental of ourselves and we are so critical of ourselves. And if we could only take a moment and hear what our friends are thinking about us or what other people see in us, it's sometimes even hard to hear, right? Like how often does somebody compliment you and you're like, oh, thanks, that's not true, right? You defend it with a negative as opposed to taking it in. And a friend of mine in this meditation space years ago taught me, and I'm still not great at it, but she said, when somebody gives you a compliment, you say, thank you, I'm taking that in. And you take a second and you do, you take it in because the first instinct so many of us have is to be critical. So a lot of times in my, I have a meditation on self-love that I teach a lot. I try and end most of my meditations with a moment of gratitude and a moment of self-love because most people I could very, I could ask you. And in two seconds, you could list off all the things that are wrong with you. But if I asked you to tell me all the things that were great about you, even if you could think of them, you'd be a little more hesitant. And that's what we need to work on. We need to work as a society to focus on the good, to focus on, on what is great about us and, and be proud of that. And so for teens, I think, um, as it relates to meditation, I mean, it, it's as it relates to life, right? It's all aspects of our life. It's stepping into yourself, stepping into who you really are, owning that, but also having compassion for yourself when you're not having a good day, when you're feeling icky about yourself, when things aren't going the way you want them to, because life isn't supposed to be perfect. Everything's not going to be amazing. And it's how do we deal in those moments? And that's a lot of what the work breath work helps with meditation helps work helps with is that practice. That was kind of a big topic of discussion we had on our podcast last week was self-compassion and, you know, the fact that perfect doesn't really exist. Life has bumps and just to be able to handle those, especially right now. Yeah, exactly. I actually, my, on my Instagram this week, I posted a quote from my nine-year-old niece, which was mistakes are supposed to happen. That's why pencils have erasers. Right. And personally, like 
I'm a, I call myself like, I'm a recovering perfectionist, you know, the type A perfectionist personality comes out a lot of the time. But if we are incessantly striving for perfection, it's really hard to find happiness, because you're never satisfied with what you've done. And you're always pushing and pushing and pushing. But you're never taking that moment to actually look at yourself and be like, job, like, you did the best you could do. And that's all we could ever ask. So if you lose in a sporting event, if you didn't get that exact score you wanted on the test, if you've done the best you can do, and you truly know that, then that's really all you can ask for. Now, if you didn't, that's a different story, right? But it's an evolution and we're always growing and we're always learning. So even if you didn't put forth your best effort, if you can be like, meet yourself with, you know, understanding and say, that really wasn't my best effort. Okay, got it next time and then move forward. Even professional athletes have off days, professional, whatever you want to call, you know, whoever it is, they're not perfect all the time. They're not at their top of their game all the time. And I think we just all as a, as a society need to remember that it's not always going to be perfect, but how do you have the tools in your tool belt to help you through those moments? And that's what I love about what I do for a living is to help people find those tools so that they know how to pull them out in the moments that they need them. I think that's perfect. Actually, what you were just saying about having tools in your toolbox for those, you know, difficult moments. And the next question is, what are some easy ways that teens can practice meditation and successfully implement it into their routines? So I think there's a bunch of different ways and it shouldn't be that complicated. You shouldn't be, as I mentioned before, stressing about what my meditation practice is going to be. So there's a lot of different ways. One, you can use an app. I personally like to recommend either the Unplugged Meditation app or Insight Timer. I think that um, they have some great meditations on there. Um, Insight Timer has a lot in terms of you can look at it by time, you can look at it by theme, you can look at it by male voice, female voice, music, no music. The other thing is you can do some simple meditation practices. For example, my 10 year old, his meditation practice is he puts on his favorite song, closes his eyes and just listens. So a meditation is really anything that helps you to slowly quiet your mind. If that means laying down focusing on your breath and listening to a song for five minutes or however a song works, try that. Um, you can also learn there's different breathing techniques you can use for meditation. There's a lot of different tools out there. Um, again, you just need to find the one that resonates with you. So you mentioned a bit earlier um, how you like to implement a simple gratitude practice at the end of all of your meditations or most of your meditations. And I was wondering, um, especially during this time with Thanksgiving, and I think that's a big theme surrounding Thanksgiving, why is gratitude important, um, especially during this time with Thanksgiving and the pandemic, and how can it improve our mental health? How can you practice and express gratitude in your life, even when facing um, disappointment or hardship? Great question. So I actually have a sign in my office that says, if you want to find happiness, find gratitude. It's really important to be appreciative of what we have. So even when we're having a bad day or 
with COVID, all that, you know, we're all having to change in our life and sacrifice and especially teens right now. I mean, you teens, this is not normal, right? Like what you guys are living through is not normal. You should not be in your rooms on computers all the time. You should be out socializing, having, right? Like this is not a normal time. And so there are days where it's a little bit harder possibly to be like, well, what am I being happy for? But there's always something to be grateful for. And that gratitude helps ground us into ourselves, into our life and reminds us of the good that we have. And so if we're constantly complaining and saying, woe is me and how horrible my life is and you know, negative, 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 that negative energy starts to penetrate in our bodies. So when I teach breath work, breath work is all about energy. And so if you happen to believe or trust that our bodies are made up of energy, we only have so much capacity in our bodies to hold energy. So similar to a measuring cup, right? Like if you have a one cup measuring cup, you can only fit one cup of liquid in there. It's not possible to fit more. Just like our bodies, we only have a capacity to hold so much energy in our bodies. If we have all this negative energy in our bodies, whether it's current negative energy, we carry negative energy or we carry energy from earlier in our life. You take on energy from other people, from society. If you're sitting here focused so much on the negative, the mind is a really powerful thing. So if in your mind, you are just constantly focused on negative, it's going to be really hard to find enjoyment. And so the practice of gratitude, circling back here, the practice of gratitude helps to remind us of all the good that we have. And even if, you know, I started my journaling practice as a gratitude journal. And every day I would write three things I was grateful for in the journal. And in the beginning, it was the same three things over and over and over again, because it took me a little bit of time to to fall into the practice and the opening of seeing things outside of this narrow purview I had of, of what was going well in my life. And so again, it's a practice. So, you know, I end personally every day my meditation with something I'm grateful for or someone I'm grateful for, because it's just such a beautiful practice to bring some positivity into your life. And it's even more important when you're feeling depressed, when you're feeling anxious, when you're upset, Um, you know, those days where you feel like you can't do anything right it's a great way to help turn that switch because our minds, you know, we have the ability to control our minds. We just have to get used to that idea and, and work at it. Yeah. And I have a follow-up actually. I think a lot of the time we forget that we control our minds and we kind of get absorbed in our own thoughts. They take Mm -hmm. over, they take over ourselves and our personality. And so I'm wondering on those days where we are, feeling down or depressed or just extremely anxious, any, anything that's like a really strong overpowering emotion. Um, how can we kind of still be mindful and shift those thoughts that we're having into positive ones and kind of see a different, I don't know, see a different side of things because I don't know, I, I experience sometimes, I don't want to be positive sometimes, you know, I kind of want to 
I don't know, get through whatever I'm doing. Um, and I sometimes, I don't know, I think sometimes shifting those thoughts seems like a lot of work, although I know um, maybe not in the moment, but in the long run, it can be really, really um, beneficial. So I want to start off with saying it's really important to honor those feelings you're having, those negative feelings, those days where you're like, I have no interest in being positive today. That's okay, right? Like every day is not supposed to be, okay, today is a great day. Everything's amazing. The sun's out. The day is amazing. My life's amazing. My grades are amazing. School's amazing. My family's amazing. My parents are amazing. My siblings are amazing. Everything's amazing, right? Like you want to punch somebody if they were saying that every single day, right? There's just, that doesn't, there's no authenticity to that. And it's really important to learn how to tap into how you're really feeling and have that connection with yourself and be authentic. Mm -hmm. So often in society, we're brought up to like, ignore that authenticity. There are true feelings. We're told to, you know, well, what you're feeling isn't good. So be more like this person. Mm -hmm. And that just shuts us down from connecting with ourselves. And as we grow up, if we're not listening to that voice inside of us into our intuition, some people call it gut, we're not going to be able to take care of ourselves. We're going to constantly be looking outside to the external world to guide us. And the external world doesn't really know what we truly want or need. So for me, what I think is important is honor those days where you're feeling like, ick, right? Like, but at the same time, you can still have a gratitude practice. You can still say today was an icky day, but tomorrow might be better. Mm -hmm. Or today, you know, I'm going to honor myself and I want to stay in my pajamas today, but I'm, you know, this is not going to become a habit that's going to last. So, you know, be authentic to who you are and what you need but also set those goals for yourself and just sort of keep going at it. The most important thing is to not give up and to not fall into the pattern of disconnecting so much with yourself that you can't work towards, towards moving forward. Yeah. And I think that's a trap that, you know, we often fall into sometimes that, we kind of have those icky days and we have this feeling of like, this is permanent. And I think it's really important to remember that, you know, we move through these ups and these downs and it's important to honor those feelings, but also visualize, you know, a positive future and, you know, things will get better and it's important not to give up hope. And yeah. kind of circling back to the gratitude thing, um, this year's Thanksgiving will likely be different than those in years past for many families. Um And we were just wondering how can families practice gratitude together over the Thanksgiving break? Yeah. I just want to circle back for one second. I'm going to get to the gratitude, but just for a quick second. The other thing that's really important, Cooper, to follow up what you just triggered and reminded me of is oftentimes for my clients, what I remind them to add to when they're having those moments is this is for now. Nothing is permanent. Nothing is permanent. And I actually have a meditation that I teach And you can, it's based on an old fable about a king. And it's a story that reminds us that 
things happen for now. So our good in our life, you know, also we need to appreciate because we don't know how long it may last. The bad in our life, we need to remember it's not going to last forever. It's just for now. And so in those moments when you find yourself circling and circling, just keep reminding yourselves it's for now and keep working towards it. So I just wanted to, that just triggered that for me. In terms of Thanksgiving, it stinks. Like I can't lie, right? Like Thanksgiving isn't going to be what it used to be. It's, it stinks that we can't be with family. It stinks that we can't travel, right? But there's also some good, right? There's some gratitude to be shown in just being with our immediate family and hopefully finding the gratitude in that. We always can find gratitude in something. And I think that it's going to be a memory that we're all going to have of this Thanksgiving. It's the way it is for all of us. So I think we can all still have our gratitude practice. We can all figure out new and inventive ways. For example, my mom's in Philadelphia, we're going to FaceTime and make our turkeys together and do things like that. So how can you create something that makes the best situation out of a completely abnormal, crazy, messed up things like world that we're living in? But there is some good that's happening, right? Like I'm sure you guys are getting a little more sleep than you normally would get, right? There's not as much travel. There's, you know, you're having more time to do your work or dive into different activities that you normally wouldn't get to. I know for me, we've had family dinner together almost every night. Never would that happen. Each of my kids would have been at a different activity. So finding the silver linings, even in that, and with Thanksgiving, you know, encourage your family to sit and go around the table and say something they're grateful for, both that's, you know, at that moment or that's happened in the last couple of weeks or months, and just encourage that gratitude practice if you can. Right. And I think what you were saying before about really being in the present moment, <clears throat> this is a great time to do that, I think, because, you know, we're staying at home, most of us, I think, and um, just surrounded by our immediate family. And although, you know, it may not be as fun as maybe um, Thanksgivings were in the past, um, you know, without traveling or seeing um, extended family, but I think you know, that simplicity can almost be a great thing. What are some ways to practice gratitude beyond just meditation and mindfulness? How can, how can teens exercise that, do that? Yeah. So I would recommend a gratitude journal. If you, if you already journal, just end each entry with something you're grateful for. If you don't have a journaling practice, you can just have a journal and write down you know, if you don't want to write about your day, just write something you're grateful for. In terms of teens for a gratitude practice, you can, as I mentioned, write in a journal, you can end your meditations and add a moment of gratitude to it towards it. Or you can at dinner time with your family, just go around and mention something you're grateful for. Um, it's also a great antidote when you're having that moment of woe is me to just even in your mind, just take a moment and think about something or someone that you're grateful for, and let that hopefully help you to sort of realize not everything, right? Because it's so easy to pile on all the negative and taking a moment to think about something or someone you're grateful for. Um, we're, 
you know, so many of us are so fortunate. So hopefully it won't be too difficult to think of something that, that makes you feel grateful. And it can also just be something that fills you up or brings you joy. Those are a lot of different options there. So now I think it would be great if we could shift into the meditation part of, part of things. Um, yeah, take it away. The first one is a simple one called the box breath. Some of you might've heard it, box breath, 16 second breath, four second. So if you visualize a box, you're gonna inhale for the count of four, you're gonna hold it for the count of four, you're gonna exhale for the count of four and hold it for the count of four. So it helps for a couple of reasons. One, it helps us to give our mind something to think about. You're having to count your breath the whole time. For those that are visual, it helps to give you something to visualize, a box. It also helps to change and regulate your breath pattern. So it breaks you from the heightened anxiety. So the beautiful thing about meditation is it pretty much is the antithesis of fight and flight. So all of your fight and fl fight or flight um, reactions that are physical, meditation helps to like be the antidote to. So when you start to feel yourself, your shoulders are tensing or whatever, um, your heart rate starting to beat, you're sweating, slowing down your breath really helps to slow your pulse, regulate you and calm you down. So you can just breathe by doing the box breath. You can sit here and as you inhale, say the word inhale. And as you exhale, say the word exhale to give your mind a mantra to think about. So inhale, exhale, or you can count your breath and make your in make it a little bit of a game. So inhale to five, exhale to six. See how long you can do each of the inhales and the exhales. Making sure the exhale is always one longer because it helps your cue your brain to relax. So those are just a few general tips you can do. You can put on a song to help you while you do one of those things. You can even just sit there in your chair or if you're out. There's a lot of times where if I'm out in public and all of a sudden I feel like myself getting triggered, I might just sit there with my eyes open. And no one has to know. <laughs> no one knows. So if you're in class and you're like, oh, shoot, like I didn't know this test was coming and you feel yourself, just take a moment. No one's going to know. Keep your eyes open and just do that 16 second breath or just tell yourself, okay, I'm going to inhale. I'm going to exhale or inhale, calm, exhale, relax. So we're going to do a few minute gratitude meditation. So just find a comfortable, quiet space where you can close your eyes. You can lay down or you can sit down, whatever is more comfortable for you and just find a way to get comfortable. Allow your eyes to gently float closed and just start to notice your breath. Don't try and control it. Don't try and force it. Just take a moment to notice it. Breathing is something we obviously do unconsciously all day long. But by bringing our focus to our breath, it helps to bring us into this present moment. And with a meditation, that's really what we're trying to do is to settle our mind into the present moment. 
So begin to focus in on my voice, focus in on your breath, and feel your body in this space. If you're laying down, notice all the points of your body that are touching the ground beneath you. If you're sitting, feel your feet firmly planting into the ground like roots of a tree down into the earth. Feel your sit bones in the chair. And if your back's touching something, feel that connection as well. And everybody, relax your shoulders down away from your ears. Soften your neck. Release any tension you might be holding onto in your face, your jaw, your cheeks. Start to notice the rise and fall of your chest with each inhale with each exhale. And together, let's take two deep breaths in through our nose and out through our mouth. And with the exhale, let it be a big sigh or release. And soften your shoulders with each exhale. And I'm gonna give two options now for the breath. Begin to count your inhale to the count of six. Count your exhale to the count of seven. Focusing deeply on the inhales. Focusing completely on the exhales. Letting the counting, letting your breath be your focus. Or you can say the words, inhale when you inhale, exhale when you exhale, inhale in, exhale out. So either use the counting or use the words to focus your mind in this present moment. And at any point, if your mind wanders, if thoughts come in, that's okay. Without any judgment, without any attachment to the thought, just let them come and let them go like a cloud floating by in the sky. And just return to my voice. Return to your breath. Return to this present moment. And just feel your body starting to relax even deeper as if it's floating weightless on a raft on the water soft and gentle and allow yourself to let go of counting the breath or the inhale exhale mantra just allow yourself to be here in a moment, connected to yourself.
And if it feels comfortable, maybe place your hands over your heart. Maybe place the non-dominant hand on the bottom and your dominant hand on top. And just take a moment feeling your inhales and exhales and your chest rise and fall, maybe even feeling a little bit of your heartbeat, that connection to yourself. And from this place of deep connection to yourself, I'm gonna ask you a few questions. The first question is what in your life are you grateful for? Maybe it's a person, maybe it's a thing, but just take a moment and ask yourself what you're grateful for in your life. And then combining a little bit of the self-love and gratitude, ask yourself, what are you grateful for about you? Maybe it's something you've accomplished Maybe it's a character trait, physical trait. Maybe it's something that you're good at. Whatever it is, just take a moment to focus in on your own inward gratitude. What are you grateful for that you have or can do? and then extending it to your family, something you're grateful for, for you and your family. And then incorporating a little bit of meta meditation, extending that gratitude to the larger world and society, something that you're grateful for that's existing in our world right now. And then let's end with a wish, something that we hope for. Maybe for yourself, your family, or the world. Take a moment, wiggle fingers and toes. Take a deep breath in through your nose. Exhale through your mouth. And as you're ready, allow your eyes to gently and slowly float open. That was amazing. Yeah, yeah that was amazing. You're so good at that. <laughs> if I can help in any way for any of your listeners, please feel free to post my Instagram or my email and I'd be happy to, um, to, to help out and just reference Cooper and Lauren's podcast so I know who you are. Thank you so much for joining us. That was so informative and you're so insightful about all of these things. We're so grateful for your time. Thank yeah. you so much for having me. And I'm so proud of what you both are doing. This is really important and such a gift for so many. So thank you for what you're doing. Thank you. That's so kind of you to say. And same goes with your work. I think it's, it's amazing to witness and to hear all that you have to say always. Thank you for joining us for episode six of the Thrive Podcast. We'll see you next week. With love.
The Thrive Initiative. Initiative.